just checking in, seeing how you're doing today, and just seeing if you might want to take a little break, step away from the noise of the world, and just connect back with you. If so, let's take a deep breath in, and breathe out, and let it all settle. I'm your host, Michael Gallion, and this is Letting It Settle. Hi, it's Michael, and I have some exciting news for you. We are introducing Letting It Settle Plus, the ultimate listening experience for those looking to find their calm and navigate the noise of life. As a subscriber, experience an abundance of the exclusive content that you know and love. For those looking to immerse themselves into the tranquility, the subscription includes immersive mini and 30-minute guided meditations, perfect for those on the go or others needing a bit more time to let it all settle. You'll also discover a plethora of bonus episodes with topics ranging from practicing gratitude, cultivating self-love, as well as Ask Me Anything specials, where I answer your questions and topic requests. And all of this is available for you now to elevate your listening experience. Actionable takeaways, guided meditations, and mindfulness exercises await. So, don't miss out. Subscribe to Letting It Settle Plus today to join the community. Available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. A few years ago, I had a client named Kate, who changed the way that I saw forgiveness, and our work together gave me the framework for a process that I use now to help guide others on their journey of forgiveness. Over the next two episodes, I want to share her story with you and walk you through the work that we did together and how you can begin to use the tools if you're navigating a relationship in which forgiveness is desired, but you can't just quite figure out how to move forward. Remember, forgiveness is far from easy and can look different for every person. There's no obligation to forgive. It's a personal decision to be made after careful consideration and a lot of processing. My hope is that Kate's story will help give you some tools to begin that journey forward towards forgiveness. Kate was the chief financial officer of a large company with little time to spare and every minute of her day accounted for. She came into her first session on a mission. She was currently in the middle of a company merger and was trying to navigate the financial responsibility of a massive company during its most important time, as well as balance a failed marriage and two kids under the age of five at home. She sat down and she looked at me and she said, I don't know if you can help me, but I feel like I'm broken and I would like not to be. I just want you to fix me. I told her that over time, we'd start to investigate areas of her life that were contributing to that feeling of brokenness. And hopefully, together we could find ways to get her back to center and return to a space of self-love where she could begin to see herself as whole. She agreed to dive into the process, but I could feel that there was hesitancy there. The first thing that I asked her, as I do with all of my clients in their first session, was for her to tell me her story. I usually keep this open to interpretation and find that most clients use this as a time to share their background and their struggles, what brought them to me, 
And a lot of them just enjoy having a moment to share in a safe space. It's a way to build trust. Kate, however, didn't quite go that route. She listed off a bullet point list of her education and work history. She provided me with the highlight reel of her picture-perfect life and walked me through the details of her job responsibilities, her love for her children, and highlighted all the ways that she was thriving. There was this disconnect between the broken woman she spoke of at the beginning of the session and this woman in the story she had just told. I knew that in order for us to find a space of healing, she was going to need to feel comfortable and safe with me. She'd need to feel comfortable sharing some of those uglier parts with me. I asked her about the feeling of brokenness and how it was affecting her at work. I often find that when dealing with emotions, it can be safer to see how they show up in a work setting, as there can be this perceived separation from their work life and their home life, even though there doesn't really tend to be one. She spoke about feeling like she was constantly on edge, and while the littlest things could set her off, from an email using the wrong tone or an error on a spreadsheet, She didn't feel like it was appropriate to allow for anger or tears to be released in a workplace and fear that she would be perceived as too emotional and lose the professional reputation that she had built for herself. The brokenness came from a feeling like she was never in control, but fighting with all of her might to present herself as someone who was in ultimate control. She was like that that duck that's gliding along the water, looking perfect as she glides by, but beneath the water her legs are working overtime just to keep her afloat, and she didn't know how much longer she could do that for. I acknowledge that feeling of needing to show up in a certain way, and feeling the need to find control in a world that felt out of control. And I asked where else in her life that might be showing up. She started to laugh as she realized that it was everywhere. It was a constant place of trying to to prove herself as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, and she started to say daughter but hesitated. While the bulk of the work that we do in our sessions is future-oriented, there are times when looking to the past can provide a reference point for how we show up today. So I carefully asked her to tell me about the relationship she had with her parents. She got really quiet, and she told me that she didn't, in fact, have a relationship with her mom. That it had been several years since they spoke. She didn't go into much detail, but she just said that they had a falling out, and she couldn't bring herself to connect with her, although her mom had reached out several times in the past few months. I could tell there was this this heaviness there, but she wasn't ready to share it with me. I asked if she had ever shared that story with anyone, shared what happened between them. And she said that to varying degrees she had, but a lot of what she went through she kept to herself. She said that she thought about it almost every day and had so many conflicting emotions when it came to her that she couldn't even imagine what forgiveness would look like. There's a reason that I start my sessions with asking clients to tell their stories. There's such a value in being able to put your voice to a story and share that with a trusted source. So often when we've been through a difficult situation with someone, 
We keep the entirety of the story to ourselves. We take on that burden. And this is especially true with those of us who have been hurt by someone who we love. Oftentimes, our love for them can keep us from sharing their actions with another because we fear that in telling your story, they'll be hurt in some way. We would rather take on the pain than risk having them hurt, even when they've hurt us. But eventually that hurt becomes too much and we have to distance ourselves in order to move forward, cutting off connection, but not having support from others in doing so, so we continue to take on the pain that they caused and the additional layer of pain from losing them. But holding on to that story is causing no one but us harm. As our first session came to a close, I asked Kate if she would be interested in a little homework assignment of sorts, to write the full story of what happened between her and her mom, all the gory details, all the reasons that she chose to pull away, all the reasons why she couldn't forgive her. I told her there was no expectation for her to share this with anyone. But should the time arise when she felt comfortable, she could share as much or as little in our sessions together. She did the homework. She wrote it all out in great detail, and even felt inspired to send it to me prior to our next session. As I read through the brave and vulnerable story she had sent me, I gained a much clearer picture of who she was and what she had been through. A lifetime of not feeling good enough, of being controlled, manipulated, and made to feel like she was broken and bad, all culminating in an explosive argument over her parenting style and being told that she was a terrible mother and a wife who deserved to be left by her husband. The justifiable hurt and upset, the pain that was inflicted on her at the hands of someone that she so deeply loved, and the decision to cut off contact were all present. But through it all was this desire to find a way through it and leave the pain behind. While the initial sharing of the story felt empowering, and Kate felt like there was this weight lifted off of her, during her next session, she came in with a, um, a few choice words for me. She was concerned with what it brought up for her. All those feelings that had been dormant for so long felt like they just spilled out on the page and were now present in her life. There was sadness and fear and hurt, but the most uncomfortable was anger. The kind of anger that she had fought so hard against in her life. The anger she wouldn't let out at work. The anger she tried so hard not to show in front of her children. And here it was, causing her to once again feel a lack of control. The work that we did in that moment was to start to normalize the anger. To highlight that it made sense. That given everything that she had gone through with her mother, she was justified in that anger. That it was okay to feel into that anger. It was okay to express that anger. 
We just needed to figure out how she wanted to express it. I took her through the anger raid meditation that we went through in the Allowing Anger episode. And in the silence of the meditation, Kate began to allow for the anger to be present. She allowed for herself to start to investigate the feelings beneath it. She felt into the hurt, the betrayal, the pain, the loss. And then finally, she began to tap into the initial impulse to action in the face of the anger. And that was to scream, to let it out, to cuss, to say all the things that she'd been holding in for years. So in the calm of a Coach Michael session, she screamed, she raged, she gave herself permission to let it all out. And I held space for her as she did it. And when the anger began to subside, the tears of release started to come. And I held space for those. Not needing to fix them. Not needing to make it better. Just letting it be present. And after the storm of emotions came a calm and clarity that she hadn't felt in years. We ended the session with the homework of finding ways to express anger throughout the week, to pause in the face of it and reflect on how she can express that anger rather than internalize it. It was not a comfortable week for her, but Kate continued to show up for herself in moments of anger and actually found that allowing people to know that she was upset was not only liberating, but actually got things done. And as she continued to sit with the anger towards her mother, the concept of forgiveness started to come up. She wasn't ready just yet, but she wrote to let me know that she wanted to explore forgiveness in our next session. So we did that over the next few weeks. One of the ways that I like to work with clients is to tap into their worldview, to understand how they make decisions, what they're attracted to, what they want to avoid, and then try to create learning opportunities that make sense to them. So Kate's finance background and her business prowess made her an incredibly analytic thinker. She could examine every detail of a decision, understand the risks, the uncertainties, and make careful considerations given the benefits and potential costs, and confidently decide how to move forward and adjust if necessary. So as she started to look at the potential forgiveness of her mother, I opened up the possibility of removing the emotional connection to the decision and putting on her CFO hat and putting that decision of whether or not to forgive her mother through a model that would allow for her to make a sound decision based on fact and logic. This excited her, and she geeked out and walked me through a decision-making model that completely went over my head. But the first step in the process would be to calculate what the cost of not forgiving her mother was in her life, quantifying the emotional burdens, and calculating the financial cost she was incurring, looking at the impact that it had on a career, the stress that it caused on her marriage, the ability to show up as a mother, 
She noted the financial costs of therapy and coaching, and even went as far as to include the cost of wine for those nights when it all felt too much. When she sketched it all out, she was able to look at the cost of the burden that she'd been holding on to and how that was impacting her future. And one of the things that we discussed was the concept of sunk costs and how she would never make a business decision based on past costs and investments. But in many ways, that's exactly what she was doing here. She was allowing the cost of the past to determine the course of her future. And then she looked at the other side of this. What would be the value of letting go? If she was to let go of this burden that she'd been carrying for so long, what would she gain? If she was able to forgive her mother, what would be possible? And how could she create value around that? Over the next week, she worked her magic and created another immaculate detailed spreadsheet that highlighted what was possible for her. And from there, she was able to make a sound decision based on fact and logic. She was ready to begin the process of letting go and leaning into forgiveness. The decision was made, but the hard part had just begun. So next week, I'll take you through Kate's journey of forgiveness and the steps that she took to gain a deeper understanding of her mother, to recognize her worth, to see a vision of freedom, and to start to recognize forgiveness as an investment in her own life. But I want to talk about you. I want to take it back to you and have you start to think of where in your life you might be holding on to a burden that may not be yours a place where you may know that forgiveness is something that would benefit you, but you're not quite able to do it. Or maybe it's an area of your life where you don't feel like you ever could, that the hurt is so deep that the concept of forgiveness is lost on you. I want you to look through what Kate worked through and see if some of those tools can be implemented into your life. So this week, I want to invite you to start to look at that situation you're in. And the first thing that I want you to do is just start to tell your story. Whether it's to a friend, or to a parent, or to a therapist, or a coach. Just someone who you can trust because holding on to that story is causing no one but you harm. And if you're not able to find someone who you feel comfortable sharing that with, give yourself permission to write it out. Just take the time and tell your story. It deserves to be heard, and you deserve to have a voice. And then once you have that story written, and you feel comfortable sharing it, Start to look into the emotions that are present and start to look for 
the anger that's present. So often we shy away from anger in a way that we feel like we can't process it. But in this process, I want to give you permission to let yourself feel it, to get angry. When we've been through a betrayal or when someone has hurt us or wronged us, we have the right to be angry. You have the right to be upset about what was done to you. Allow that anger to be present. And go revisit the anger raid meditation. Allow for yourself to recognize that anger, to allow for it to be there, to start to investigate it, and then determine what you need to do in the face of it, and then discuss it with someone close to you. Just let yourself explore that anger. And then once that anger has started to subside, start to calculate the cost of what holding on to this anger is costing you. This doesn't mean that you have to make a decision. And the ultimate decision may be that you choose not to forgive. But start to look at it from all angles. What is the cost here? How has this held you back from the life that you want to be living? What were the financial losses that you've incurred because of this? How much time and energy and effort has gone into thinking about this, that mental effort? Start to calculate the cost and start to look and see if you're allowing for the cost of the past to determine the course of your future. And then begin to look at what the value would be if you were able to let go of this, if you were able to move forward, to no longer be burdened by this. What would you gain? What would you add into your life? What would be possible for you? So that's your homework for the week. To go out, to tell your story, to get angry, to calculate the cost, and determine the value. The rest will come next week, and this will be a long process. It's not going to happen overnight. But I want to empower you to start to take the next step, to start to take back your power and know that you're worth it. As we end today, I want you to pause. And just take a deep breath in and breathe out. And then if it feels safe, go ahead and close down your eyes. And from this space, just take your hand and place it on your heart. And I want you to connect with the part of you that might be hurting today. part of you that might be holding on to this anger, unable to forgive. And I just want you to speak directly to that part of you, to take a moment and remind yourself that it's okay. It's okay to be feeling what you're feeling. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be hurt. 
it's okay to not know what to do. And then I want you to remind yourself that you are worthy of a beautiful future. And whatever you decide, you are worth taking the next step forward towards that future. Connect back to the breath. Take a deep breath in and breathe out. And when it feels right, go ahead and flutter your eyes open. Take in the space around you. And just enter back, ready to head out this week. So we'll end as we began with another deep breath in. Breathe out and let it all settle. Go take care of yourself and I will see you next week. Oh, and it's always helpful, if you want, to rate, review, and subscribe to Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, wherever you get your podcasts. And go ahead and follow me and the show on TikTok at CoachMichael1 and Instagram, Michael.Gallion. And also, just a reminder that I'm a huge proponent of taking charge of your mental health, and that means seeking advice from professional therapists, counselors, psychologists, physicians, and other qualified professionals. My teachings are meant to help you find a space of calm amidst the storm, but if you're experiencing ongoing mental health challenges, I want you to make sure that you seek help from a licensed professional. And remember that nothing that's said within this podcast should be seen as a substitute for their advice. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is executive produced by Michael Gallion, Steve Wilson, David Henning, and Shen Yin Hu. Hosted by Michael Gallion. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson. Edited by Sarah Ma. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is a Q-Code production. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct. 
murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.